0: To another episode of Bits and Bites. Today we actually have another podcaster joining us as well as among other responsibilities that she'll probably be sharing more with us. We have Amy here um, who's joining us as our guest this month. Um, Amy, how about I'll let you kind of take off with your introductions um, and share with our listeners what you do. Okay,
1: great. Hi, I'm Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I am a podcaster, I am a editor, I'm a writer, I'm a marketer, I wear a lot of different hats Mm -hmm. um, but right now I am working with Hacker Noon as their podcaster and senior editor and I uh, basically live everywhere on the internet but technically I'm based in Vancouver, BC. (laughs)
0: on the internet, you can be everywhere <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and under different disguises. Yeah. So um, maybe for those that are like listening in, could you kind of share with us what Hacker Noon is and what it means to the tech community?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Hacker Noon is a tech publication company and we allow people to write on our publication without any prior publication content. So any the premise is that anyone can write technology content, so long as you have kind of basic English literacy, and it gives a more accessible platform to people to publish technology articles and to read articles by technologists.
0: Yeah, And so, if I'm hearing this correctly, then, like, if you know, someone's very passionate about what they do or about the tech industry, like, as long as you know, they got the pen and paper, like, they can also send them their own content. Is that? Correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really, really cool because we get contributors from all around the world. So, they don't necessarily have to be in North American based. We have a lot of contributors from India, from all around over Europe from Africa. So it's really cool and exciting to be able to have this knowledge being shared with so many people in such an accessible way because it's a lot of it is not just like high level technical knowledge. It's really (laughs) a lot of tutorials. It's like developer content it's cryptocurrency knowledge so people are able to share their thoughts and opinions and expertise without having to go through all of the hoops to get published on you know forbes or something like that
0: oh, for no that sounds really awesome because it really does encourage because i know even within our own community as well like we have a lot of like superstars that was always like talking about like what they're passionate about. Like Sam, for example, unfortunately can't be here, but like he is currently like very obsessed and very involved with NFTs right now. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's he's already written a few articles. Like he's one with like Top Shot as well. And like, you know, it's really great to see those kind of um, Hacker Newton, like creating this like platform so that more passionate people can kind of share what they're interested on and what's going on in their lives and (laughs) what's a hot topic for them. So yeah, (laughs) and it's really great also for
1: startups as well. Hmm. Because um, we provide links to startups, websites or things like that, as long as it's not too promotional. But if you have a project that you're really working hard on and you want to share the development story behind it, that's a place that you can do so and tell everybody how you actually developed your project. And uh, people love to read that kind of content on HackerName.
0: Wow, that's actually really amazing. Yeah, like I mean, here what we do at launch, obviously, I think you're kind of familiar. Yeah. Um, but we have so many startups from all over the world, and you know, on a personal level, we get to learn about their story. But their story doesn't get heard from like the rest of the community. So I think you know, some of them might definitely want to like share because they've got some like really interesting backgrounds. I can't. I don't know how much I can share. But there's definitely some really great stories going on, so hopefully we can (laughs) talk more on that. And so, you know, being an editor at Hacker Noon, so like I'm more curious than like, what does your day to day kind of look like? Because I know you have a lot of hats that you're wearing and a lot of titles and responsibilities like to juggle. So what is it when you work at Hacker Noon? Yeah, what's your day to day routine? Yeah, it's it's
1: very jumbled uh, Uh because it's a startup. I I I believe at this point we have. 12 full time employees and around 20 ish part time employees. Oh, when I joined, mm-hmm. I was the 16th employee overall. So we've kind of doubled the team. And so, but yeah, because it's such a small team, I kind of do a little bit of everything. There's yeah. no real boundaries of what I can and can't do. Maybe the development stuff, I'll leave that to the devs. But, <laughs> um, the I I do the podcast, and so that means that I do, of course, you know, all of the scheduling and the interviewing, the uh, managing, the editing, and all of that. And then I also edit the actual articles. So I spend a lot of time reading technical content that people write and making sure that you know their grammar is good, that their spelling is correct, that their content makes sense, that the flow is great, and find any way that I can to help them to make the piece a little bit better and more readable. And I also work with a lot of different team members on lots of different projects. So We do writing contests for people to win money or different Mm -hmm. prizes. We do uh, right now we're running a startup of the year award. So different cities uh, have nominations for startup of the year. Um, So in Vancouver, there's a, a bunch of different startups that are nominated. So everyone can go check that out and vote for your favorite startup of the year. But yeah, all over the world, different startups are nominated. So we're running that campaign. We have different, lots of different contests and things for our contributors to win money and different prizes that I have a lot of hand in running too. So lots
0: of different stuff. <laughs> that sounds very hectic, but I think, you know, that's what it's like when you work in a startup, like actually, do you want to share with us? Like, Because um, I think, you know, the intention behind this podcast was just kind of like um enlightened listeners to understand like you know maybe even break stereotypes about what it's like to work in the tech industry or to work in startups but also to you know encourage others that are interested and in maybe even partaking in the industry and stuff and maybe if you want to share like you know could you share with us like how you ended up at Hacker Noon like you know, was it the transition for you smooth? Like where were you before this? And Mm -hmm. yeah, like what was the differences that you found between working, you know, maybe a regular job and then suddenly into the startup industry?
1: Yeah, so the job that I had, I guess, before the Hacker Noon job or a few years back, I used to work at a company called Absolute Software, which is also Mm -hmm. Vancouver based. Um, And then uh, I did that for a few years unfortunately I got a major concussion so my yeah yeah, so it was really difficult for me to do my job and I just um needed to change and do something different so I I quit and traveled the world for seven to nine months uh pre-pandemic and then um after the pandemic hit I decided to come back home and Mm -hmm. did kind of odd jobs here and there and while I was doing that, I decided that I wanted to do freelancing instead of going back into a corporate role just because I wanted to make my own hours. And it was the pandemic and I wasn't sure what was going to be happening. So I didn't want to commit to going back to a full time corporate job. So mm-hmm. I decided to just freelance instead. And um, while I was looking for new clients, I was reaching out to people on LinkedIn and just people that I knew. and eventually got connected to some people at hacker noon and they asked me if i wanted to join them part-time to do the editing of the content so i was like yeah that sounds like a great role i love editing i love written content i love technology so that sounds perfect for me and yeah that was like eight months ago i believe now and then as things progressed um i got offered a full-time role i got offered to start the podcast and while the pandemic was happening, I started my own podcast just for fun. Um, and, and so I had pod- prior podcasting experience. So it just sort of worked out really well. And so I kind of just fell into this role. And
0: yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, I mean, there's so many different like directions I want to go here, like, you know, tra- taking that time off to mm-hmm. travel seven, nine months, must have been a huge, like, you know, major change. And then Obviously going from the corporate life to the startup life, but there's so many directions. But let's yeah. start with maybe like um let's go with um the freelancing a bit. Like, so when you were doing freelancing, um, how did you like what were you doing um for like in contract-wise and with your customers and stuff? What were you offering for them in terms of services?
1: Yeah, I was really. Keeping my ear to the ground in terms of what people wanted. And I think mm-hmm. that's like really a key to freelancing, especially when you're doing it for the first time and you don't necessarily know what you're doing, because I didn't really know what I was doing. So I just asked people what they needed. Mm-hmm. I kind of have a gen- really general marketing background. So I can do ads or I can do copywriting or I can do, you know, um, even photography sometimes or design. So um, I have a very wide background of skills that are freelanceable, I guess, uh, just because I'm so interested in so many different things. But um, I I just kind of cut my ear to the ground and what ended up happening was me offering copywriting services to technology
0: companies. So yeah, literally a jack of all trades then. And then <laughs> that's how you eventually um, went into Hacker Noon. And then, um, so I guess the other topic I kind of wanted to touch upon as well is like, are you currently still freelancing then while you're working as an editor at Packer Noon? So how do you find kind of like the time to like juggle all of the different responsibilities that you have um, must be kind of hard sometimes, but like, what are some ways that you kind of um, work on those things and make sure that what you need to get prioritized is done and so forth? Yeah. Well that is
1: something that I'm always working on time and time again because I am a huge workaholic. I love to work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I and I love my job. That's the thing too. It's like I until I started working at Hacker Noon and freelancing, I I felt like a job was a job, which is mm-hmm. fine. And I think a lot of people feel that way. But when I started doing What I actually really wanted to do and kind of more dictated the direction of where I wanted my career to go I was so much more happy and so it doesn't really feel like I have to get up and work It feels like I get to do what I want to do so that makes it easier for me to keep working and doing all of this stuff but that being said I do work in the evenings a little bit and on the weekends sometimes so I think right now in the pandemic especially it's been easy for me to do that because there's not a whole lot going on but in the future i'm not sure if i'll continue doing that but yeah it's been great thus far
0: yeah and you know like entrepreneurs always say you know be passionate about your what you're working on be passionate about what you're building i think that's really awesome because you definitely see the entrepreneurial spirit in there and i think that everyone can kind of channel that within themselves it's just a matter of finding what you know you want to build or what you want to do So (laughs) thank you for sharing with that with us, Amy. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit then, like, you know, um, transitioning from kind of like the corporate life to the startup. I think, you know, for some of the listeners that may not, you know, have worked in the tech industry or they've only seen, let's say, like the movies where they have the fancy, you know, startup offices and everything looks kind of glamorous. Or maybe they've seen like the TV shows, like where um you know they see the devs just working out of their basement to build up their products um what do you think are some of the like stereotypes of working within a tech industry and what are the actual kind of like positive truths to it and maybe even just like the you know the negative sides like what are the downsides of working in the tech industry mm, like okay there's a,
1: okay so there's a lot of facets to this question mm-hmm. I think the first is like what is it actually like to work in the tech industry in the sense of like all the perks they give you it's real it's true (laughs) and it's great i love that part we had like um people gave us food all of the time and there was beer day and there was pizza days and like it was delightful in Mm -hmm. the tech industry they really value like building up their employees with a lot of extra job perks i think and that's really nice um So that part is real. (laughs) The parts that are more difficult, I think, are the fact that it's really heavily male dominated. So Uh, it's difficult to as a female to be in the tech industry sometimes because you really need to make sure that your voice is being heard and that you are loud enough to have a seat at the table, I guess. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. Like, um, You know, just like any other kind of industry, is always going to be kind of the the topic of diversity. I think that needs to be addressed a little more. But I think with the way that um, the climate's been changing, I think it's really great to see more and more, you know, founders, managers, companies realizing that diversity is so important. Like it's it's how you can grow your company, and you know, everyone Mm -hmm. has really great. Like everyone comes from a like a background, everyone has different experiences, and they can all bring that and shape it in some way to you know help one another out. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
1: I think mm-hmm. I think in the in the van- in Vancouver in the tech industry specifically, especially in software sales, it's very heavily male dominated, mm-hmm. and um and it's yeah it's sometimes difficult to make sure that you're being heard and that your opinion matters and that you know you are not perceived as weaker or less than because you have a uh, quote-unquote like softer opinions or something mm-hmm. like that you know like I think that um traditionally in like a tech sales environment everyone is very macho everyone's very male everybody's very like um it's a it's a it's a vibe it's <laughs> and kind then, of like wall street
0: a wolf on yes, wall, street, it's very so... wall street yeah it's so wall
1: street <laughs> yeah. and um and so yeah i really advocate for women to join the tech industry and that's part of like my i feel like my personal platform or something that i just really believe in is for like more women to join stem especially mm-hmm. um so that we have more varying opinions and different and diversity within the tech industry and to go back to your original point too of like what are the differences between working um in a startup versus corporate life it's so night and day and i think that almost like there's kind of like a negative perception of like not wanting to work in corp um which like honestly I don't really ever want to work in corp again and it was not anything wrong with the company that I was working with at all I loved working there and I loved all of the guys that I worked with and it, it was not that but it's just the structure of the job it's like the nine to five it's the um yeah it's the meetings it's like dressing up it's not for me and I think there's a misconception or a like um almost like people look down on you when That's not, that life is not for you. But to realize that there are other options out there to make money that you don't have to go and sit in a desk every day for eight hours a day. It, there's, yeah, there's more options than to just work in big corp um, that are still respectable careers. And startup life is so much fun. It is the best. You get to do whatever you want. And, like, I think people who you work with really respect the things that you do because everything that you do makes an impact to the whole organization so much because you're so small.
0: Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Like I've also kind of came from that like transition of like working corporate and then launch was like the first like startup uh environment. And I'm like, wow, like like you said, it's definitely like a night and day difference, mm-hmm. but it's really cool to see that, you know, small changes that I wanted to make or opinions that I had like obviously when you're in a different setting like it's you feel a little bit more quieter more subdued because there's so many hoops and ladders that you have to go through to you know get your um suggestion across or plans across but like in startup it's like hey guys I have an idea (laughs) and then they're like hey should we do this and they're (laughs) like
1: yeah do that and you're like okay (laughs) cool I'm
0: gonna do this Yeah. yeah it's
1: great and I've I've worked big corp many times before and I've always felt like every time I got to like maybe a six month period, I've just been like, oh no, I feel suffocated. Like, I don't know what to do. Like there's so many, it's like, there's so many rules. There's so, it's so (laughs) stiffy in here. Like I need, I have a really big personality that needs to like expand and for there to be so much structure, I feel like it's not good for me and my creativity and my Mm -hmm. mind for me to do my optimal work. And there's no shame in that.
0: For sure, for sure. And so kind of branching off into that, then, like, what would your advice be then for, let's say there's like listeners that, you know, they're still not ready to take that like next step forward to like jump into the tech world. Like, I'm sure there's going to be like nerves, there's like things that they may fearful of, maybe even like pressure to like go towards the standardized, like traditional job administrative work and so forth so like what kind of you know advice or words do you want to share with some of the listeners that you know want to push and get out of their comfort zone yeah for
1: me my experience in entering the tech industry has been a lot of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. like a lot of imposter syndrome I constantly am telling myself you don't know anything the, because there's so much tech knowledge out there oh, that yes. you're never going to feel like you know. There's mm-hmm. so much to learn that, like, you'll never know everything. You need to specialize in something. And so, for, but for me, I love to figure out how everything works and, like, dig into all of the little deep holes. So for me, it's really hard because I feel a lot of imposter syndrome a lot of the times. But for me to combat that, I just tell myself, like, it's okay. You do know who you're talking about. Remember all of the stuff that you did. Remember all those articles you've been reading. You got this. You're good. So I think it's a lot of like self pep talk to to get into the tech industry and say like, no, you deserve a spot here and you you can be here.
0: And also kind of going back a bit about, you know, encouraging more diversity, especially women to kind of be more represented, like how um what are some ways that you've kind of built yourself up to be that change in your workplaces? Like how have, you, what steps have you taken to keep, you know, channeling that energy and building yourself to be that person? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that recently, and this is not something that I've always done, but I think that as like the world grows and I grow, I, I see more and more issues and more I, I feel like I take more and more responsibility for diversity in the workplace mm-hmm. because everybody has a role in it. Um but one of the things that I've been doing more recently is pushing more for diverse hiring. And mm-hmm. so just saying like, what are our hiring practices like? Are we sure that we're a hundred percent diverse in our hiring practices? Is there something else that we can do? Do we have unconscious bias in our organization? And also there are other things that people can do within an organization to address diversity. Like, do you know for sure that you have a diversity issue or don't have a diversity issue? How do your employees actually feel an on- anonymous survey would help or asking actually asking your employees what their thoughts are and what they need? Um, I think it's really important, especially in big organizations where there's so many people um, Having being, having the ability to collect feedback is really important, I think. Um, and yeah, I, I believe that, you know, people shouldn't necessarily have like quotas on diversity for hiring, <laughs> but are you doing your best to attract diverse workforces or are you only trying to hire a certain kind of person? You know, it, it, these are questions that organizations need to ask themselves in order to address diversity, I think.
0: Fantastic feedback, I think, and it's good things that I think every, you know, manager, founder, CEO needs to hear is like, you know, ask yourself those hard questions. Are you really trying to improve the workplace and trying to bring that diversity without, yeah i think it's more mm-hmm. than even
1: just like the founders and ceos i think that this responsibility responsibility really should fall on everyone mm-hmm. um and even if you're a low-level employee raising your hand and saying like hey i think we have a problem here or i would like to do something about this issue um if your organization truly values you and the work that you do and your opinion then they should listen to you
0: <laughs> yeah you know it definitely right i think you know i find myself that I do tend to talk so much and focus on you know the CXOs and the higher-ups but going back to what I wanted to make fits and bites was to focus on people that weren't holding those titles like even just like you know the interns or essentially the, kind of like the superstars that help build the team and help build up the company so mm-hmm. thank you for bringing that up because I realized like I, I catch myself doing it too and I'm like hold up like we should to talk more about like us guys too like we are part of the team we also make those changes and impacts in the work environment so
1: <laughs> yeah. awesome. everybody has the power to make a change no matter mm-hmm. what the title you hold is
0: for sure that's great um awesome so um I guess I wanted to kind of Um, wrap up into kind of one of the last questions that I usually kind of ask every guest and I'm sure you kind of saw it in the interview but uh, I mean pre-interview questionnaire but you know if you could build up let's say it's a dream product or whether it's your team let's say um, a team that you can currently build your boss is like hey bring in two three people whoever you want they can be dead Historians, they can be cartoon characters, they can be real life people. Who would the three people be, and why would you want to bring them onto your team? Okay, that's a very hard question.
1: It's very difficult. And I put a lot of thought into this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think that, first of all, the project that I would want to pursue would have to be something that would make tech and Uh, Tech accessible to more women and especially Mm -hmm. like with something something that's on my mind recently is of course women's rights and um, How we can support the needs of women and the um, Just basic fundamental human rights of women as well. So uh, Something that I would like to start is like anything that could bring together women to learn more about technology and uh, then I was like okay who do I need to bring onto this team and then the first person would have to be like the president of the United States because of the power and sway that this person mm. has because like how are you going to get anything done if you don't have the president of the United States on board? board very true <laughs> in terms of like <laughs> laws politics international business like I think that's got to be a good one number two I think would be like somebody like Amal Clooney or something Mm -hmm. someone who is like a human rights lawyer and activist who um is really well respected and well known and who people would listen to and would have like knowledge on human rights law and then number three would have to be like I don't know that's a really hard one because I kind of would want like an entertainer almost um like a female entertainer to be like bring um like sway into the project you know Mm -hmm. like someone like lizzo would be beautiful to bring on because she's very like passionate about female empowerment but then also somebody like emma watson would also be great to bring on because she's very she's got the academic side but also like the celebrity side too Mm -hmm. i don't know so many avenues maybe emma watson maybe Brene
0: brown that would
1: also be a good one i don't know (laughs)
0: I really love this answer like it is so well thought out I feel like you know <laughs> not trying to you know dish on my previous guest, but like whenever I put our guests on the spot they just kind of name a few celebrities or you know very notable figures and I'm like it's great because um you know I feel like the it's usually kind of like leans towards celebrities but I love that you went like out of the box and I was like the president of the United States I was like wow yeah. I did not think about that like <laughs> You're totally like, once you have the president of the United you States. You can do anything. On your team, yeah, you really can. And like Amal is like such a presence. Like she is yeah. such a powerful, like.
1: I love it. <laughs> Even like, imagine like Joe Biden, Amal, and George Clooney. That would be a beautiful oh. team too.
0: Oh, fantastic! I was <laughs> just like being around that like star presence, just like constantly yeah. like, oh man. <laughs> yeah.
1: That I mean, if amazing. I was around this team though, I probably would not say a word. I'd just be like, okay, <laughs> you guys do it. You're the best. I love you so much. <laughs> do you guys need
0: some like water? Yeah. <laughs> things Just like. <laughs>
1: Here are my I ideas. For
0: ideas. You. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks so much, Amy, for um sharing some time. Like, I really want to make sure that our listeners are able to, you know, especially when it's the Hacker Noon and like if there are any listeners that are passionate about wanting to write and share their content with you. Like, is there like a process that Hacker Noon does? Like, is there an application or like a submission process? Like, how can they kind of reach out to Hacker Noon?
1: Yeah, visit hackernoon.com. Anybody can write, you can sign up for an account for free and submit your first publication. Um, We have a team of wonderful editors who will review the publications and make sure that they are publishable for you. So help you with your grammar, your spelling, make sure they're readable. And just so long as it is like a a decent level of English and, <laughs> um, and has something to do with technology, we would love to publish your content. Awesome. And I actually forgot,
0: I do want to bring up your podcast as well. So I know that you have two podcasts right now. Could you briefly share with us like what the what those two podcasts are? I know there's one that's related to Hacker Noon, but what is the other one that you started?
1: Yes, yeah, so and my first podcast that I started is called the Art Hustler Studio. Mm -hmm. That one is actually has been sunsetted for now, but I have 20 beautiful episodes available Mm -hmm. for everyone to listen to. And a lot of the content from that podcast is local. So a lot of the artists that I had interviewed were local. Uh, The premise of that podcast was to help people who are interested in art entrepreneurship to start an art Mm -hmm. business. So it's very specific to art. Um, So I interviewed some people from the Vancouver Mural Festival, I interviewed some local tattoo artists, some local actors and actresses. So yeah, that one is called the Art Hustler Studio. Then my other podcast is called Tech Stories by Hacker Noon, or the Hacker Noon podcast we also refer to it as. And that one is about tech stories in general. So I interview different founders and CEOs of tech companies, I interview developers, I interview Interns. I interview everybody who, whoever wants to come on the podcast about technology and about usually how they started their project or how they developed something or something like that. So if you're interested in development in cryptocurrency in tech startups, then that podcast would be great. It's called Tech Stories by Hacker Noon.
0: Perfect. I'll make sure to link those in our description with the podcast episode. So if you guys want to hear Amy's podcast, we'll definitely make sure to share those links as well as Hacker Noon's information. And if there's anyone that wanted to kind of directly reach out to you, maybe whether it's, you know, for advice or whether it's, you know, just to talk with you and learn more about what you do, how can, is there, you know, somewhere that you're more comfortable if they want to reach out to you? Um, yeah. We can share those okay. with you as well. You can oh yes. get me on all of these socials at Amy M Tom. Amy M Tom. Okay, We'll make sure to include that in the descriptions for everyone. Thank you again, Amy, for joining us today and taking the time. I really gotta say though, for those that can't see the video, there is an amazing Nicholas cage. Uh, is that a curtain? It is a curtain. It right? is a curtain. <laughs> yes. It's so- a giant Nicholas
1: cage in a British officer uniform. <laughs>
0: It's glorious. <laughs> so if you can't see, if you're listening on to the audio file, definitely make sure to check out the video version because then you can see Nicholas Cage in all his glory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks again, Amy. This was an absolute fun and I will hopefully like, you know, post pandemic, we are looking to bring back guests and this time we're going to put them through the actual food challenges. This is why there is a bites at the end of our oh. podcast. So, it's going to be kind of like a recap, see what was happened since we last chatted and then we're going to, you know, put you through some uh food trials. So, <laughs> Okay, looking forward to the bites then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. And thank you everyone that is listening right now. That is a wrap for our episode. We hope to see you all at our next one. Bye. Bye.